Hello, my name is Jayama, and you're listening to Unpurified, the Ramblings of a Black Queer Christian. Uh, For today's topic, I wanted to talk about um, dissecting biblical marriage. And, you know, as many of my listeners are probably queer, we probably hear, you know, this stuff all the time. People talk about marriage and like how they uh, basically have a culture sees marriage but I had like taken some time to like read the scripture in the New Testament and like see what's in there and see what's not in there so you know let's uh get it popping I guess (laughs) okay y'all um uh you might be hearing some stuff in the background hopefully the mic doesn't pick it up but it might so if you're hearing that today, I'm sorry. I'm actually like recording in the daytime and I usually record these like in the middle of the night when everybody's asleep. But, you know, <laughs> we're doing something new today. And, you know, this might not be something that happens all the time. So, <laughs> you know, anyways, we are going to start off with, okay, y'all know that biblical marriage does not apply to everyone, okay? Jesus said it himself. It's in Matthew 19, 11 through 12. Okay, so we're going to start off with the reading of that. So before I even say, you know, anything talking about, like, you know, biblical marriage or whatever, we are going to, keeping in mind this passage, (laughs) And it says, Jesus answered, this teaching does not apply to everyone, but only to those whom God has given it. For there are different reasons why men uh, cannot marry. Some because they were born that way, others because men made them that way, and others do not marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let him who can accept this teaching do so. Okay. And that again is Matthew nineteen, eleven through 12. So keep in mind. That when I say all this stuff later, talking about biblical marriage, this does not apply to everybody. Okay, if you cannot accept this teaching, baby, then don't. (laughs) It's not for you. (laughs) If it don't hit, baby, if it don't smack, if you're hearing it and you're like, "Mm, not for me, then it ain't for you. Okay, don't force it. All right. (laughs) Okay. So let's start off with the stuff that people claim is in the Bible, but it's not. Okay, let's start off. Number one, (laughs) the Bible does not define gender. Okay, I've seen so many pastors say this. It's like God defined male male and female, a man and a woman. But it's like, he didn't define them. It mentions him creating them. But if you're like, okay, a man is this with these categories, not there. A woman is this with these categories, again, not in there. Couldn't see it, couldn't find the verse. If you find it, let me know. Add me on Twitter, baby, and we'll get into it. (laughs) Number two... Men do not have to be masculine. 
This is not in the Bible. Men don't have to be masculine or providers. They do not have to pay for dates. They do not have to be the one to ask women out. These are just social constructs that Christian culture tends to repeat. These are not biblical. You're not going to find that in the Bible. It's not there. Number three, women do not have to be feminine. They don't have to you know, be the child raisers. They don't have to stay at home. They don't have to cook. They don't have to clean. They don't have to, I don't know, do stuff that's like considered a woman's position. Again, these things are just social constructs. Society came up with these ideals. Christian culture adopted them, but they are not biblical Okay, you may see women in the Bible who do those things, but it does not say that women in the Bible have to do those things. Okay, and number four, living in sin, that whole thing of, uh, you know, living together before marriage, that's not prohibited. <laughs> it's not that's that's not in the Bible. And, you know, a lot of people say this because they don't think, you know, people have self-control. You know, to not have sex before marriage. But, you know, there isn't a Bible verse on it. Now, that does not mean that God won't tell you not to do that. Because there's a lot of people that God has specifically told that y'all shouldn't live together before marriage and that probably has to do with you know your self-control and what y'all got going on and also it might just be like a whole you know relationship defining thing you know what I mean like some people when they live together they feel as though they have to like you know behave like a married couple and it's like girl if you ain't put a ring on it I'm not I'm not doing all of that (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean like I'm not giving the girls (laughs) we're we're not doing this you know what I'm saying so God may have told many people actually you know y'all not living together because one you don't have self-control and two this may make the lines blurred but in terms of like you know what I'm saying the Bible saying it it doesn't say it in the Bible So I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, in terms of like, say it's an emergency situation, one or the other person, you know what I'm saying? Or even both people are dealing with something like in terms of like homelessness and like, y'all don't have a whole lot of money or just, you know what I'm saying? Extreme circumstances are even not extreme. You know what I'm saying? If you talk to the Lord and he was like, "Uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. (laughs) You know, that's cool. So, those are all the things that I didn't see whilst perusing my Bible. So, you know, let's talk about what is actually in the Bible. Because I feel like the stuff that's in there that people do see is also kind of misconstrued. So, you know, let's get into... You know, the scripture verses that are in the New Testament. Okay, so now let's talk about what the Bible does say about marriage. 
And again, I would like to reiterate before I say anything again. Y'all know that this biblical marriage does not apply to everybody. So again, keep that in your mind as I read these verses. Okay? Okay? <laughs> Let's get into it. So, now to deal with the matters you wrote about. A man does well not to marry, but because there is so much immorality, every man should have his own wife and every woman should have her own husband. A man should fulfill his duty as a husband and a woman should fulfill her duty as a wife and each should satisfy the other's needs. A wife is not the master of her own body, but her husband is. In the same way, a husband is not the master of his own body, but his wife is. Do not de do not deny yourself to each other unless you first agree to do so for a while in order to spend your time in prayer, but then resume normal marital relations. In this way, you will be kept from giving in to Satan's temptation because of your lack of self-control. I tell you this not as an order, but simply as permission. Actually, I would prefer that all of you were as I am, but each one has a special gift from God. One person this gift, the other one that gift. Now to the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it will be better for you. Hold on, this thing just messed up. Of course it did. <laughs> okay, uh, to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it would be better for you to continue to live alone as I do. But if you cannot restrain your desires, go ahead and marry. It is, very, it is better to marry than to burn with passion. For married people, I have a command which is not my own, but the Lord's. A wife must not leave her husband, but if she does, she must remain single or else be reconciled to her husband, and a husband must not divorce his wife. To the others, I say, I myself, not the Lord. If a Christian man has a wife who is an unbeliever and she agrees to go on living with him, he must not divorce her. And if a Christian woman is married to a man who is an unbeliever, and he agrees to go on living with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made acceptable to God by being united to his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made acceptable to God by being united to her Christian husband. If this were not so, their children would be like pagan children, but as it is, they are acceptable to God. However, if the one who is not a believer wishes to leave the Christian partner, let it be so. In such cases, the Christian partner, whether husband or wife, is free to act. God has called you to live in peace. How can you be sure, Christian wife, that you will not save your husband? Or how can you be sure, Christian husband, that you will not save your wife? And that is 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 16. And goodness, they're very long, very long passages. And I wanted to say all of that because, like, these are, like, you know, this is a big passage that a lot of, like, you see a lot of Christian people talk about. And, like, literally out of all of those verses, there was, like, one that was not Paul's opinion. <laughs> I'm like, there's so much that people say and that people quote. And it literally says, he literally says it for most of the stuff in there. I'm not saying this as an order. I'm just saying this as a permission. God did not say this. I saying this. Like, it's like, um, this is literally your opinion. 
and I don't care about that. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know, like, it's, it's kind of funny to me, because I'm like, he's literally flat out saying, okay, th- th- here are my thoughts on it. This ain't what God told me, this how I'm feeling on it. And, like, people kind of took that and, like, ran with it. And I just think that's, like, crazy. And that's the thing, because, like, the only thing in there that um, was a command that was from the Lord was how it says that a wife shouldn't leave her husband and that, like, you know, a husband shouldn't divorce his wife. But we all know that when Jesus spoke on uh, you know, marriage, he said that people could divorce each other due to, you know, adultery and sexual immortality. So, you know what I mean? There are still cases. And even that, even when it's like, you know, you have to love your person, uh, love, yeah, love your person as yourself. And so it's like, you know, abuse, I feel like abuse counts in that. Cause if you're not, if you're hitting on someone, if you're beating down someone, if you're abusing someone, then you are not loving them as you love yourself and y'all are not fitting. You know what I'm saying? This is not, this is not the life y'all need to live. So abuse also counts in that. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, so it's like a lot of these stuff is like not, actually the things that we necessarily have to follow it's just what Paul said so I'm like a lot of this a lot of these things it's like we just really uh we should talk to the Lord about these things instead of you know following the opinion of a guy (laughs) okay and these there's a lot of verses y'all so bear with me (laughs) <laughs> the next is um, Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. And that says, submit yourselves to one another because of your reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourself to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband has authority over his wife, just as Christ has authority over the church. And Christ is himself the savior of the church, his body. And so wives must submit themselves completely to their husbands, just as the church submits itself to Christ. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. He did this to dedicate the church to God by his word, after making it clean by washing it in water in order to present the church to himself in all its beauty, pure and faultless, without a spot or wrinkle or any other imperfection. Men ought to love their wives just as they love their own bodies. A man who loves his wife loves himself. Neither of us ever hate our own bodies. Instead, we feed them, we take care of them, just as Christ has done has done for the church, for we are members of his body. As the scripture says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and unite with his wife, and the two will become one. There is a deep secret truth revealed in the scripture, which I understand is applying to Christ and the church, but it also applies to you. Every husband must love his wife as himself, and every wife must respect her husband. So for me, when I read these verses, for me, I, I, I don't know what y'all, what y'all see. <laughs> but for me, it's like what I see in these verses is telling people that, you know, you're, you submit, the wife submit to the husband. The husband needs to submit to the wife. Y'all need to, you know what I'm saying? Love each other when you love 
the other person you love yourself. The way you should treat that person that you're married to is how you would want to be treated. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Equal respect, equal uh, submission, equal authority. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems, I don't know, for me, it's giving equality. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's giving, it's giving solidarity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so much of, like, what, you know, is taught in... Uh, like Christian culture is very much like patriarchal and it's like oh well a wife needs to submit to her husband but I'm like it also says that a husband needs to submit to his wife but we're not reading these verses we're not talking about this and it's like so much of that it's like it's so funny because so much of the like the verses and like the the mainstream culture stuff is like Y'all have these narratives because we're reading the top, but not the bottom. You know what I'm saying? We're reading the first two verses and not the rest six. (laughs) It's like, come on, y'all. Come on. How we say everything about what the wife got to do, but nothing about what the husband got to do, too. I'm not understanding. I'm not comprehending. (laughs) Whew, but y'all, there, there's so many verses. Again, because I got, I got it. Y'all know I stick with the word. So again, next verse, uh, Colossians three eighteen through nineteen, and that says, "Wives, submit yourself to your husband, for this is what you should do as Christians. And husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them." And so, I know for a lot of people, seeing the word submit. Um, has like a a very negative connotation because like I feel like um, the way that the world has taken that word it has been like like uh, misconstrued and like I guess perversed is really a good way to say it and it's like people kind of see submission and think like you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm giving them my all and they can just like stomp on top of me. You know, they can just do whatever. But like submission in the Bible is like, sort of like, you know, like the the relationship that we have with God. You know what I'm saying? Like when we submit to God, God doesn't just like do everything and just like, okay, well, you don't have to like, well, a lot of times it's like, you know, we don't, we don't have to do certain things because we don't need to, but it's like, God doesn't just like bulldoze over us. We have to consent. A lot of times things don't happen for us because we haven't consented to him. It's like, Hey, will you let me lead you? You know what I'm saying? And if you're like, no, he won't do that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, we he allows us to like and he wants us to speak to him we he wants to have a, a relationship with us and it's like you you see the way like like god treats us and it's like please talk to me i am begging y'all to have a conversation with me it's like you know what i mean and it's like you know he wants us to talk to him he wants us to to ask questions he wants us to to get clarity he wants us to to know 
the right steps and how to move and what to do and what not to do. And it's like, you know, he wants us to be uh, active in the relationship. He wants us to talk things out. He wants us to, you know, have a stance. He wants us to, to, you know, be happy <laughs> to, to, to be okay, you know, about the way things are going in our lives, you know, like, I don't know, like, like, it's not like a aggressive way of moving when they're talking about submission in the Bible. Like, submit just means to just allow someone to lead. And as it says in the Bible, you know, it says that wives should submit to their husbands, but it also say that husbands should submit to their wives. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's not a one-way street. It's on both ends. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. It's something y'all should both do together. Something y'all should be, you know, both comfortable with together. It should be a loving and fulfilling relationship. <laughs> and okay, I think this one is the last one. And this is First Peter 3, uh, 1 through 7. And this says, in the same way, you wives must submit yourself to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe God's words, your conduct will win them over to believe. It will not be necessary for you to say a word because they will see how pure and reverent your conduct is. You should not use outward aids to make yourself beautiful, such as the way you fix your hair or the jewelry you put on or the dresses you wear. Instead, your beauty should consist of your... Uh, true inner self, the ageless beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of the greatest value in God's sight. For the devout women of the past who placed their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful by submitting themselves to their husband. Sarah was like that. She obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are now her daughters if you do good and are not afraid of anything. In the same way, you husbands must live with your wives with the proper understanding that they are more delicate than you. Treat them with respect because they will also receive together with you God's gift of life. Do this so that nothing will interfere with your prayers. And so for this passage, a lot of people um, uh, try to use this passage. Oh, girl, this is like something I feel like women see a lot as something that like people kind of throw into their face. And they'd be like, oh, well, you shouldn't wear pretty dresses. You shouldn't get your hair done. You shouldn't, uh, you know, be loud <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, girl, that's not the message of this. Uh, this is this is actually like talking about women who who marry non Christians. So it's like it's saying that like you know you should focus more so on your conduct, and that will be able to win your husband's over to Christ. So they're saying, girl, it's not going to be that dress that's going to get your man saved. It's not going to be that jewelry that's going to get your man to believe in God. It's going to be you being a faithful servant to Christ, showing up, looking like Jesus, behaving like Jesus, because Jesus has a gentle and quiet spirit. Because a lot of times, you know, people will try and like, be like, oh, well, 
like, well, this is why a woman shouldn't preach or something like that. They'll try and say that. But I'm like, Jesus was able to preach to many, but he wasn't like being abrasive to people. He wasn't hollering at people and commanding them and like, you know what I'm saying? Like forcing down himself on people's throats. He was just being kind. He was just being you know what I'm saying? He was being gentle. And it's like if you're if you're surrounding yourself, if you're in a relationship with someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, the way that you get people to believe in Jesus is by being kind. You don't win over souls by forcing forcing Christianity down people's throats. Because again, God wants consent. God God wants you to 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 want him. You know what I'm saying? And it's like if you're if you're parading yourself in like jewels and things and you're like, oh well, if you if you go to Jesus, then then you'll have this 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 way of living. Then you'll be rich. Then you'll you know what I'm saying? If if you if you are setting your sights towards uh you know what I mean, physical physical things. In terms of trying to win people over. And it's like, oh, well, you'll have a nice car if you worship God. And it's like, girl, it's not about that. That's not what we're, that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not, that's not the, the vibe. <laughs> really, like, it's not the vibe. It's so it's like, you, you know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're trying to win people over, you got to be, you gotta act like Jesus, really. I mean, ain't really no other way to say. Ain't nothing else to to speak to that. And you know, I know also the thing that was also like for me is like Sarah called Abraham her master. Ooh, girl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Her master. Not not me. <laughs> not me as a descendant of, of of slavery. I'm not doing that. And that's the thing, though, too, because it's like that Sarah calling Abraham her master. That was her ministry. <laughs> we all have our own ministries. OK, <laughs> I am not a, a a piano player. OK, and I can look up to a piano player. But that don't mean I'm going to get up on the keys and get to playing a song like they can play because that's not my ministry. Okay, I can I can look up to a swimmer, but am I going to hop up in this pool and get to swimming like y'all? No, ma'am, because that's not my ministry. <laughs> so you can you can look up to somebody. But it's like, I'm not I'm not going to move the way you move just because <laughs> you, know you don't you don't have to to you know, use the terms, these terms that, you know what I'm saying, that make you uncomfortable. And also, you know, there's a whole cultural thing. A lot of the stuff is even like, you know, cultural and like this could also could be something that was like translated in a weird way. And it's like, the, this has like a completely, you know what I'm saying, like it has a completely different context in our culture versus some other culture you know what I'm saying so basically 
<laughs> what I am saying is that biblical marriage more so is like it's more equal than a lot of like than what a lot of churches will will say to others. A lot of the things that at least what I've seen, I'm feeling, it seems very like equal. It seems very like okay, this is a partnership. Y'all both love each other. Y'all should both respect each other. Y'all should both, you know what I'm saying? Like, be nice to one another. It's not a hierarchy because it's like the person we serve is God, and God doesn't create hierarchies amongst us so it's like you know what i'm saying like it's just i don't know you know <laughs> this 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 how i'm feeling <laughs> you know and i feel like you know if you don't feel you know led to to um you know have like your husband as the head of a marriage or because I know some people like that. Some people want that for them. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay. That is okay. If that's what you want to do, then, you know what I'm saying? You can do that. But I'm saying it's like, but that's that's not necessarily the way that, you know, everybody has to to do their marriage because this these people have their marriage in that way. And like, because a lot of people have their marriage in this way. But it's like, we don't all have to, excuse me, we don't all have to be the same, you know? And I feel like, you know, God wants us to have, like, loving and beautiful and respectful and thriving relationships, you know? So I feel like, you know, if anyone has, like, a spouse that is trying to use the Bible to be manipulative or, like, abusive or, like, controlling or just literally like using scripture to try to assert dominance that's what I want to call out because I don't believe that that's something that God would allow or something that God would want for your life or something that you would have to to bend to because it's like a lot of times people use this as a way to like oh well the scripture says this and it's like oh there are also scriptures that say you need to respect me as a wife as well so, <laughs> what we're not going to do is this. <laughs> so, basically, anybody who tries to, you know, use these these scriptures as a way to dehumanize you, they are in the complete wrong. And I certainly believe that you should uh, run as fast as you can away from that person and get a... You know what I'm saying? Get get out of that kind of relationship because I do not believe that that is something that God would want for your life. I truly don't. <laughs> okay, so thank you for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. Um, uh, what am I saying? <laughs> if you want to follow me, uh, my Instagram is the Bible is inclusive. Uh, my Twitter is at Bible inclusive. Um, my website is the Bible is inclusive.com. 
uh, I have a book. It's called Who Told You That God Was Homophobic? And that's on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, uh, Kobo, Scribd, Overdrive, and like some other retailers. And also, uh, if you want to become a Christian, I have a um, section on my website that you can go to you know, at the Bible is inclusive. And if you go to the menu, you'll see, um, a thing on the side that says how to become a Christian. And all you have to say is a cute little short prayer and that's it. You can see it on there, say it out loud. <laughs> and there you are officially. Oh, there's my cat officially a believer of Jesus Christ. <laughs> So, yeah, um, thanks again. And, you know, if you become a follower because of this, uh, great. Uh, that's amazing. So happy to see you here, dude. And, yeah, have a great day. <laughs>